my Jake going to be not my Jake? It's going to be your Jake. Monday and welcome back to the Geek Squared Show, the show where we talk about the things that we talk about. My name's Emma. I'm Tilly. It is 2023, the year of our Lord 2023. <laughs> you ever hear when they say that? The year of our Lord 1987 or something like that. And it's just 1987. Who <laughs> who be saying it's that? It's kind of a dead phrase at this point, but it it's, it's always be. funny. It's always funny. Anyway, <laughs> it's 2023. Miley Cyrus can buy her own flowers. Prince Harry's talking about moisturizing his penis. And we're going to take an opportunity to catch up with each other, as well as you, our valued listeners, to discuss some new movies and TV shows that we have both watched since the end of the Geek Squared show season two back in mid-December. Lots of great content has been released, some of which we have both seen, some of which we have seen individually. We have chosen just some highlights. And without further ado, welcome back to the Geek Squared show and let's get into it. Uh, First things first, I I believe... You've got a recommendation for me? I do. I do have a recommendation for you. Not that we are trying to reintroduce our weekly recs, but I did watch a series that took over at least the internet. And you haven't seen it yet, but I really want you to. And you have shown some interest. So I'm just going to take a moment to recommend The White Lotus. I watched both seasons, binged them both in time to watch the season two finale on HBO when it aired. I mean, this is art. 10 out of 10 on the art scale, 9.5 out of 10 on the, you know, typical uh, movie slash TV show judgment. It's really hard to explain because there's so much going on all the time. Basically, you come for the murder mystery, you stay for the criminally of rich people. Season one was great. Season two was just an extension of that. I deeply love this wild card show. HBO shows always have something to say. This one is just saying, eat the rich. And who doesn't love that message? The rich. (laughs) You're right. It's purely satirical and beautiful in every way. The music. I showed you you the the intro theme song. To say that the intro theme gets the blood flowing is an understatement. (laughs) The first time you hear it, you're like, what? And then by the third episode, you're like like raving every single episode. (laughs) Speaking of which, that melody is actually really funny because it's the DS Irae which I have spoken about before, and it just means you're going to die. <laughs> a character or multiple characters are going to die. Everybody going to die. <laughs> that is basically what this show is surrounding. I mean, like I said, you come for the murder mystery, you stay for the people. Jennifer Coolidge won a Golden Globe for it, which I am over the moon about because well-deserved. I've loved her for a long time. Her character is one of these rich people. Okay. And I firmly believe that Mike White fully wrote Tanya, Jennifer Coolidge's character, not as a comedic role. And Jennifer Coolidge, of course, turned it into a comedic role. Nice. Because she's so iconic. Nice. She's great. Every aspect of Tanya's character is captivating and just like completely unique. Also, Tom Hollander is an addition to the second season. Tom Hollander is... Is Miami in... Yes, yes, oh, yes. Bohemian yes, Rhapsody. Yes. He's also Lord Cutler Beckett in... Pirates of the Caribbean, which I usually watch Lord of the Rings on New Year's Eve. This year I subbed it out for Pirates of the Caribbean and he's great in everything that he does. That character, Lord Beckett, didn't really have a lot. It was just like, be British, be evil. And, and he does it. He, he does it extremely perfectly. well. So I, I don't really want to say too much more about The White Lotus because it's just, it's a whole experience. Eat the rich, Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> yep, that's it. 
So with that recommendation over with, now let's get into the things that we both saw. Let's begin with the one we saw separately. And or it finished in November of last year, but we never got the chance to talk about it. Yeah. So no time like the present. Now, I, I believe I've said many a time on this show that I, I am not a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. The shows, they're just fantastic. They're really good. I guess Mandalorian was the first Disney Plus series. Since then, I think they've released four other ones and we got a so good to look forward to. So yeah. I, and I really like that Star Wars is doing what Marvel seems to be doing as well, branching the franchise off into two separate directions. One that's more kid-friendly with Bad Batch and Mando, and then there's Andor, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which has this slow burn thriller spin on the Star Wars. Yeah. Version. It's much darker, especially because of the time. It takes place in between In between, everything. like yeah. after Order 66. Andor is my favorite. Yes, I agree. Honestly, I gave this show 10 out of 10. <sighs> I mean, I- I'm willing to go to like an 8. That's fair. That's fair. I thought about giving it a 9.5 for so long. It didn't sit right with me until this morning. I just was like, no, I just got to give it 10 out of 10 because it was so good. That last episode. That whole marching band, the funeral, the yeah. clocked out, like all yeah. of it was just chef kiss. It honestly, was so good. Honestly. And then that final fight scene where they where the guy knocks over B2. Yeah. Ah! B2. B2 is my droid. favorite. Best, Best droid. droid. Yes, for sure. And Marva, that speech that she, well, her hologram gave. Mar- as, Marva's my favorite yeah, character. As people were like dying in the street, bro, I can't. That wrecked it me. It was. I had to take a moment after finishing just, just not. Yeah. <laughs> There's not many times that a monologue will like really get me. Mm-hmm. When they're done really well and they're also played very well and written well and like the lead up to it and then yes. almost more importantly than the lead up is the aftermath of right. the monologue and it was a plus. Yeah. And in part of the lead up, we had Cassian reading Nemec's manifesto. Yeah. That got me too. When Nemec was alive, I was like, I don't really understand this guy's role. Once he died, I, I realized that subconsciously I did understand his role because I was really upset by that. And then Cassian was reading his manifesto and I was like, this guy really understands. It was just really impactful. And then we got the follow up monologue from Marva, which just made it yeah. that much more impactful. Just well done all around. Like that last episode in particular, but the whole series was well done. Yeah. Also, cliffhangers usually piss me off. Mm. But at least we are now guaranteed a second season. Yeah. Which <laughs> There's no question. I'm excited about. I'm excited. It. I'm excited also that Stellan Skarsgård is obviously coming back at least for one episode. At least for two minutes. That. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I really like him as an actor. And he always plays these really like weird characters. And at first with Luthen, I didn't understand why that choice was made. I was like, why is Stellan Skarsgård playing this shady guy? And then as soon as he put that wig on and like the rich man yeah. coat, I was yeah. like, this all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a weird character. I love it. Obviously, Marvel has a lot of the same people playing the same characters over many movies, but I feel like Star Wars has done better in expanding. Yes. This was a really valuable expansion to the Star Wars universe or Star Wars galaxy. And I really appreciated that it didn't rely on any nostalgia. The time between Rogue One and Andor hasn't been large enough for it to rely on the same sort of nostalgia as the Skywalker series did. Or, or Obi-Wan, for that matter. It's been a long time since the prequels. A to long, Obi-Wan. long <laughs> yeah. time, yeah. Longer than I want to admit. Wild, wild. Anyway, um, but there's a time when you just need to stop beating that dead horse, you know? And that I think horse they, been decomposed exactly. and dusted <laughs> for a while. They have finally realized that and they're starting to branch out, which yeah. is good. Fresh characters, new places, new motives, new mm. threats, and it's, it's all too a greater effect. Uh, let me ask you this. If we were to see a new show, mm-hmm. what characters would you want to follow? For example, I'm thinking Wookiees. Interesting. However, the language barrier. Mm. Also interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a cop-out answer because it's we get glimpses of it, but I really want to see 
Cal from Fallen Order, but as a Padawan. Because oh, yeah. in the game, there's flashbacks of where he's like remembering how to use the force and he's there with his master and he's learning things. But I just, I want to see the rest Speaking of which, Saw was in this series and Rogue One, of course. He was also in Fallen Order. There is a possibility, it might even be a probability, that Cal will be seen in the second season of Andor. There's got to be a reason Cal looks like his actor. There's got to be a reason for that. Aren't they doing a second They're game They're doing a second game. And I'm just saying, if the second game comes out and then we get season two of Andor, that is a good That's money a good grab. sequence. That's yeah. a good money grab. It's a good order of operations. The Fallen Order of operations? No. Oh, wait. Fallen Order is okay. <laughs> order 66 is not okay. I thought that's what you were going for. Let's work backwards a little bit because- we Yeah, sorry. We jumped right to the yeah, end. Right to the end of sorry. Andor. It was just so good. It was so good. Um, You mentioned great monologues. So let's go back to another character who had a great monologue. Oh. Kino, played by Andy Serkis. Another cameo that's just like- There. Out of here, nowhere. Here he is. <laughs> and then he's gone. Yeah, no, nobody <laughs> saw him coming. And then I remember the internet blew up. Oh my God, Andy Serkis is in this show. And then he was in like three or four episodes and that's it. And then- Goodbye. <laughs> well, we don't know what happened to him. We can assume that he died, but we that's an assumption. You know what happens when you assume? You make an ass of you and Nanny Circus. <laughs> Yo, ain't nobody making ass out of Nanny Circus. <laughs> His one way out monologue over the intercom. That was pretty good. Wow. Yeah. That also, was the fact so that good. it was over the intercom. Yeah. I don't know why that yeah. made it like feel more poignant. Uh, it had the same effect as, well, all of them, to be honest, because they were all Fair. from characters <laughs> that you, like, you couldn't really see them. That's interesting. I didn't pick up a, on it that. It was a good tool. It was a yeah. good tool to use. Yeah. And then that was followed by all the prisoners getting out. And then he's just like, I can't swim. He got so far and then he just couldn't swim. Do you think he'll be back? I think it would be a waste if he was not back because Andy Circus. I'm kind of 50-50 on it. Yeah, I feel like it would be a waste, but it would also be a waste to kill him and then revive him. I feel like there's room for him to come back, but not after that moment because the Star Wars timeline is all over the place, yeah. whether it's it could be animated. So he could come back uh, in some way. But yeah, I see what you mean to, br to retcon him and bring him back after he has supposedly died might not be to a great effect. I know who ain't coming back. Marva. Speaking of who ain't coming back, I would like to compare this series and or to the Obi-Wan Kenobi miniseries in the way that it had the big challenge of the audience knowing the fate of its main character. Something that we talked about with the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is the challenge of raising the stakes to a certain point that we actually cared about when we know that Obi-Wan's going to survive and we know that Princess Leia is going to survive. You could say that this series had the same challenges because we know the fate of Cassian Andor. We know that he survives past this series, however long it goes, because he dies at the end of Rogue One. Somehow it was able to overcome that. And I think that's because they went so far into new territory. We had other characters and other things, bigger plot points that elevated those stakes. There were literally stormtroopers killing people in the streets. That's what got us. Marva's death because she was such an activist. She was yeah. she was the heart of the rebellion. It was just so well done. Like this is why I'm giving it 10 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> it's just every I can I can only justify it. There was nothing wrong with it. There there's the reason that I am giving an 8.3. 8.3 mm -hmm. <laughs> is because 8.7. Okay. 8.7. <laughs> the marching band was using earth instruments. I mean they, <laughs> they were like modified. Like they didn't look exactly the same yeah but like it was still a french horn it was still a flute i was actually looking at all the instruments and i was like hmm some of these would actually not work <laughs> it was kind of funny because there is one that looked like a trump actually looked like a cornet like a little trumpet right but it had two bells on the end and i was like logistically that can't work because the air can only flow through one tube so if it had to somehow flow through two you wouldn't get the same sound out of both bells 
Maybe that's the point. <laughs> I don't know. It's also Star Wars. Yeah. Like they I, probably- I just I feel like they could have done a little more imaginative <laughs> instruments. So, so the marching band took off a whole one point three yes. points. Yes. Okay, if you say so. Okay, nine point two. They're just a they're just a you know, speaking of instruments, that guy who rings the bell in Ferrex, I wanna be him. He just climbs a tower, rings the bell to his heart's content. The amount of times we saw that man just <laughs> slamming that thing and dude, for him to just Sparta kick that stormtrooper <laughs> off the tower, I was like, holy was crap. I didn't think that I thought I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I thought this man was a pacifist. I thought right? he was just ringing the bells because he was ringing bells. Ring bells. I was kind of scared he was gonna die. I I was going to be upset. <laughs> me too. Me too. I thought that's why they were focusing on, on him so much. Hey, let's make you care about this guy for no apparent reason and then we'll just kill him. <laughs> but like, nah, they just kick him off. <laughs> oh, man. Well, on that note, now that we're laughing, this might be the darkest side we've ever seen of the Empire. Imprisoning people indefinitely, shipping them off to different prisons and using them as slaves to, to build the Death Star. Did you see the end credit scene? <laughs> No. Of the final episode? Yeah. No. Dude, okay, you know in that in the prison, you know those things they were building? Uh-huh. They're the shield for the Death Star. They're building parts of the Death Star. Oh, what? Isn't that messed up? They're imprisoning people and using them as slaves to build the Death Star. That made me so mad. That made me so mad. I don't think I've ever been so upset by a work of fiction. 10 out of 10. Or I can't even talk about it anymore. Anyways, Andor. <laughs> Pretty freaking good. Pretty freaking good. What else was pretty freaking good? Avatar 2. Yeah. <laughs> way, the way of water. I always want to call it way of the water. Avatar 2, the way of water. Yes. Uh, this one was really hard to rate. The way we saw it in theaters with the 3D, I would give it a 9.5 out of 10 because the movie theater experience is just, it's, it's, yeah. it's a movie that's made for that. It was a visual sonic masterpiece. If I were to rate it the way I rate every other movie, I'd probably give it a 7.5 yeah maybe closer to an 8 like between 7.5 and 8 somewhere in there but I only saw it one way so it's gotta be 9.5 I was gonna reach out and touch those fish man yeah Avatar 1 as far as I see it essentially was made to show what CGI could do at that point because that at the time was the pinnacle of CGI Mm -hmm. now we get the pinnacle again however many years later 10 years later 13 13 (laughs) years 13 years later. I don't know if you've seen a side-by-side comparison. I have. Boom. You know when you take old animation and watch it in 4K? Yeah. It looks like that. But that's what we thought was the best you could yeah. possibly get. And look where we are now. Well, think about how the fifth one's going to look. What's it even going to come out? Which way are we going to go? Are we going to go the way of the air? The way of the air. Here's the thing. James Cameron has said, uh, reportedly, the third one is going to introduce a fire nation of... I'm heavy. so with this. Right? I'm so with this. We've got Earth water fire eventually we'll get air and then what's after that uh do you remember So I thought that the story was stronger in Agreed. this one than it Agreed. was in the first one. The first one was Pocahontas or Fern Gully. I'm definitely glad they left the forest. We needed that. We needed to see more. That being said, it was a great sequel because it expanded the Pandora-verse. Yep. We saw character growth, new characters that had purpose. It wasn't just introducing characters to introduce characters. And I'm really interested to see where this five-part series goes from here because there's still a lot of unanswered questions. The biggest being, how did Kiri come to be and what? is her connection to Awa? That is really the big question that Avatar 2 brought up. If I didn't know there was an Avatar 3, it, it would be like seeing Matrix Reloaded without knowing that there's a Matrix Revolutions because it just <laughs> it just kind of ended. Yeah, that would be poop. <laughs> I did not know that it had been reported that there will be fire. Yeah, there will be fire. I am now more interested 
in the next three. Right? It's going to be so cool. Did you know Spider was in a mocap suit and they animated his body? That was a weird reveal, but I understand it why they sense. did it. It does make sense. They were shooting in a blue room <laughs> and underwater. So they needed to get the textures right and the shadowing right. It just needed to look consistent. So having a CGI, even human body, would make it look like it would make it look consistent with the Navi people. Yeah. So I get why they did it, but it was just such a weird like his hair's not even real. Someone got paid to make a dude that already exists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was just a really funny reveal. To I feel like the human brain just has a an innate ability to recognize what's real. Yeah, for sure. But when it gets so close that you can't tell, it, like it's just breathtaking. Right. Seeing them dive into the water. I mean, the way that the water swallowed them and like had the whole like vacuum. Uh, like it was just uh, incredible. Mm-hmm. And the the attention to detail and realism too. When various people end up like starting to drown, they actually start convulsing. Yes. You see people drowning all the time movies, and they're just like they just floating yeah. still completely. <laughs> they're convulsing. Yeah. Like it, that extra little detail is <laughs> so impactful. Yeah. It was very immersive. Like when they were underwater. Like I said, I, I felt like I could reach out and touch oh, yeah. them fish. I was there with them. Yeah, I felt like Kiri. Cast was amazing. Yeah. Much like the first one. Outstanding cast. Got some new faces in there. Kate Winslet. Yeah. I love the fact that Sigourney is still yes. in it, even yes. though she's like dead. Yeah. I just, I wonder how, how much they are going, well, this goes for all characters, but how much they're going to age between each. That too. How much time? Yeah. Because it is kind of weird to see Sigourney Weaver's face on like a 14 year old Navi yeah, because it's because it's also Navified, but also yeah, de-aged. Yeah, I think the point is that because Kiri has this connection to Awa, she's like much older spiritually, kind of. Thing. Yes, yeah. I wonder. This is just a speculation. I wonder if Awa chose Grace. Because Awa is like... Is the earth. Yeah, it, like it's hard to explain. There are videos on YouTube explaining Awa and Pandora and the interconnectivity between them. Awa is not just their god. Like Awa is the plants and the animals and channeling through the Navi and the earth and the air and the trees and the leaves and the flowers. Like everything. The, all of it, yeah. And we see it when Neytiri almost kills Jake in the first one with her bow. Mm-hmm. And that little sprite lands on her arrow. That was Awa stopping her. And then Jake goes under the tree and the sprites all land on him and he's like mm. what is happening and that's Awa choosing Jake so I wonder if Awa chose Grace saw that Grace was not going to make it and so like somehow bestowed her with this power to re- either reincarnate herself or just like symbolically carry on her legacy through this child like I don't think Grace with anybody <laughs> I think it was Awa that is my speculation on Kiri it might be much deeper than that because it seems like everything with Avatar isn't just what it appears to be on the surface. Do you think that Kiri is Awa's like physical energy that was given to Grace so that her consciousness could continue? I think so because Awa obviously sensed that Grace was important. Yeah. And I do believe that because there's a scene where um, Grace is talking to Selfridge, the the guy in charge of everything in Avatar 1, the whole project and you know he ends up being a bad guy, all that stuff. And she's explaining Awa's connection to Pandora and she just lights up. It's like watching a kid talk about Pokemon or like, you know, something like that. I think she must have sensed that Grace was very important and crucial to Awa's existence, legacy, power. We don't know yet, but it's all very exciting and very interesting. Okay, so let me ask you this. If there is to be a fire clan. Yes. So what do you think the fire people will look like? Uh, Depends. Are they they in a forest or is there like a desert that we don't know about do you think it'd be a desert or like a near a volcano oh also could be that or like a lava pool of some sort yeah if they're living near fire or in a hot place would it make sense for them to have thicker skin that's more scale like like more leathery yeah like a cold-blooded animal not a whole lot of mammals out there in the desert camels camels that's it 
Maybe they'll have camel. camel hump. Yo, big hump. <laughs> big blue hump. Big blue hump. <laughs> that was the first one, man. This one, they got kids. <laughs> Yo, Spider and Kiri? That dynamic's weird right now. <laughs> oh, prediction for Spider and Kiri? Yeah. What do you think? I think they're going to have a child. Maybe not in the next one, maybe in four or five. I think they have to. Yeah. But also at some point, Spider could get a Navi avatar, not an avatar that he has to plug into. True, true, true. But, like like how Jake has one now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. My Jake. My Jake. <laughs> My Jake. Yo, why did he have to leave Captain Poohhead alive, Spider? I know it's his oh, dad. That's but his like, dad, poo, man. Poo. You know why though? You know why? Natiri hates him. Oh, yeah, because she's like, why don't we send him back? Yeah, she was like, go away. Oh, that's, I don't want them to fight. Oh. Natiri doesn't like him. I know, but I mean, no, can... no. Yeah, they can, hey, she held a knife to his throat. They can fight that's all they what want. That's I'm saying. But I don't want Kiri and Spider no, to no, fight. No, no, I don't think Kiri and Spider are going to fight. Kiri is AWA. She understands. Yeah, Natiri doesn't like the sky people. You can understand why. But also, Jake was a sky person, so I don't know what her beef is. Her anymore. children are half sky people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> She's got some complex PTSD to figure out. But I, I get it, because like she lost her home, her dad, her beau. She, she lost almost lost kid. my Jake. She did lose a kid. She did lose a kid. But a son for a son. Where Jake was like, to Spider, he was uh, like, yes, you, are, yeah. you are my son now. Do you think Natiri will... Uh... Like, There's going to be some tension there. My Jake is in for it, man. <laughs> my Jake is going to be not my Jake. It's going to be your Jake. So 13 years between one and two, mm-hmm. huge improvement. Yeah. I'm a tad worried that that has set an unachievable precedent. Yeah. For number three. Because number three, first of all, they already started making it. They're done. They're done three? They're done three. Okay. So <laughs> it's coming out in 2024. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little worried then that this 13 year jump, mm-hmm. very impressive. The next jump is only a couple years. So I wonder if people will expect more than what they'll mm. be given in the third one. That's always the case with sequels, I think. But I think it's gonna be just fine. I've seen a few people not like this movie, but the general consensus is yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. And I think there will be people who see it more than once. It would continue to make money. The upside to that is that we got Sam Worthington back. Like, where did he go? He's a good actor. Clash of the Titans, Terminator, Salvation. I've never been into the Terminator series, but oh, but the one I thing right I do know <laughs> is that Salvation sucked. Yeah, yeah. So he had those two movies and they, they were kind of bombs. I'm not going to say they weren't great or anything. So I'm glad we got him back because mm-hmm. he did a really good job in Avatar 1, if you ask me. And he did yeah. a great job in Avatar 2 as well. Oh, yeah. We but don't even know if he's in the third. We'll see. We'll, well see. We know well, he's in the yeah. third. <laughs> he's going to be in it to some but degree. We don't know if he's in the fourth. That's very true. <laughs> Whether or not Avatar 3 does commercially well, I'm just glad to have Sam Worthington back. Yeah, I think it's going to. The name Avatar <laughs> yeah. carries money. It's true. Alrighty. So that is Avatar 2. Before we go, we're going to introduce a new weekly thing. We're going to take turns doing weekly fun facts every episode. So I'm going to start us off, Tilly. That means you're next week. Here is your fun fact for this week regarding Avatar. Shooting underwater meant that much like their Navi counterparts, the cast of Avatar 2 had to go intensive breath training in order to shoot the lengthy underwater scenes. Kate Winslet was able to hold her breath for a very long time, beating a record set by another famous actor. How long was Kate Winslet able to hold her breath, do you think? May I ask who was the former record holder? It was Tom Cruise. I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise did something like four minutes. Okay. Give me the multiples. Your choices are A, six minutes and zero seconds. B, six minutes and 13 seconds. Or C, seven minutes and 14 seconds. Okay. As someone who survived the Titanic, I think (laughs) she got seven. You're going with C, seven minutes and 14 seconds? Mm -hmm. Well, A, six minutes and zero seconds was the record set by Tom Cruise for Oh, wow. Okay. B, six minutes and 13 seconds was Kate Winslet's record the day 
before she broke her own record with seven minutes and 14 seconds. Damn, she did it twice? <laughs> yep, which after she broke through the water, she declared, am I dead? <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. Seven minutes and 14 seconds. Now, of course, there are deep sea divers who can hold their breath for like 20 yep, minutes. But we're not talking deep sea we're divers talking here. Actor. <laughs> we're talking about actors. Six minutes is a long time. Seven minutes and 14 seconds. That is incredible. And there you have it. First episode of season three, 2023. A few of the TV shows and movies that have been released or concluded since you last heard from us. There's still a lot we need to catch up on and still a lot that we are going to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about Kaleidoscope or maybe we'll talk about Glass Onion. Maybe we'll talk about Wednesday. You know, there's lots of things being released. And before we go, I can't go another minute without mentioning that The Last of Us on HBO and Tilly, I would just like you to first impression, give me one word to describe your experience watching The Last of Us. Terrifying. Yes, accurate. Next week, we will be talking about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, so look forward to that. In the meantime, you know where to find us. Description below. You can find all the links to our socials. You can also find the link to our Buy Me A Coffee if you would like to fund the chaos. This has been the Geek Squared Show, show where we talk about the things that we talk about. My name's Emma. I'm Tilly. And have a great day! Are you ready? I am very hot. Hmm. May I take off my sock? Yes.